conversation focused on the conclusions Dr. Niemiller suggests regarding the corrected translation of Revelation 3.10. He very ably demonstrates that the verse should read, quote, I will make them to come and bow down at your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept the word of my perseverance, period. And I will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth, close quote. Now the critical phrase, because you have kept the word of my perseverance, goes with verse 9 and not verse 10. It is the reason God will make those of the synagogue of Satan come and bow down at the feet of the Philadelphians. It is not the reason God will keep the Philadelphians from the hour of testing. Now perhaps you are thinking that this guy, Nemel, is a Johnny-come-lately who's suggesting a rather novel idea about how this verse should be translated. And I certainly can understand that. If you are a person that have uh, you have held the pre-trib view all your life and it's all that you've ever really known, there may be questions that you have, but basically you feel that it's the right position. But you need to know that there are some serious, serious issues with that position. And one of them is the fact that a verse that has long been touted as a major support for the position, in fact, does not support a pre-trib rapture at all. This idea about the grammar and its influence on the translation and interpretation of Revelation 3.10 is not new with Dr. Niemiller. J.K. Elliott, back in 1990, wrote an article entitled The, Bus- the Position of the Causal Hotic Clauses in the New Testament. He understood the unique nature of Revelation 3.10. Other writers of commentaries on the book of Revelation recognized the uniqueness of the beginning part of Revelation 3.10. In fact, Dr. David Ahn, in his first volume of his three-volume commentary on the Revelation, recognize the uniqueness of this text. He left the matter as it is traditionally understood. Dr. Niemiller chose not to do that. This is a rather significant detail. It caused Dr. Niemiller, who holds a pre-tribulational understanding of the rapture, to say, quote, I no longer believe that Revelation 3.10 is a rapture passage, but still it has relevance to the rapture. That is, The subject of the verse is not the rapture, but a larger topic, one that includes the rapture, close quote. You and I know that it is a fundamental antigen of humanity to admit to being wrong. However, Dr. Niemiller's statement is rather profound, and I believe it warrants the necessary attention that I'm giving to it in order to help those out there who perhaps are leaning on this verse in a false hope for something that it really does not do. Now, if Revelation 3.10 does not, I repeat, it does not refer specifically to the rapture, 
Some rather significant Bible teacher will also have to admit that they were wrong regarding their understanding of Revelation 3.10, and they should offer some kind of corrective statement. Let me explain why. But first, let me demonstrate the significant place Revelation 3.10 has figured in the debate about the rapture. Dr. Robert H. Gundry, who as chairman of the Department of Religious Studies and Philosophy and professor of religious studies at Westmont College in California, himself a post-tribber, is regularly quoted because he said, quote, probably the most debated verse in the whole discussion about the time of the church's rapture is Revelation 3.10, close quote. Now, what is it that caused Dr. Gundry to make that statement? And why is it that in this modern time, so many pre-tribulationalists who write on Revelation 3.10 find it necessary to begin their article by quoting this sentence from Robert Gundry. Dr. Gundry was right in what he stated. Pre-tribbers placed great significance on Revelation 3.10. Thus, they found it necessary to defend their interpretation of Revelation 3.10 when Gundry published his book contradicting their traditional interpretation of this verse. They have gone to great length to prove that Revelation 3.10 proves a pre-trib rapture. However, we now know that Dr. Gundry erred in his understanding of the meaning of Revelation 3.10 and that the firestorm of protest that he set off by suggesting a different a different position than pre-tribbers, that the firestorm was in fact a false fire. Dr. Gundry and many pre-tribbers spent years arguing about the interpretation of Revelation 3.10, only to be silenced by a few, by a fellow pre-tribber, that their whole line of arguments were totally unnecessary and missed the intent of the text. You talk about seeing the trees for the forest. Ladies and gentlemen, these men argued and argued and argued about a detail of Revelation 3.10 that was totally irrelevant, really, to the meaning of the text. Regarding Revelation 3.10, Dr. Jeffrey L. Townsend, who then was pastor of Believer's Bible Church in Texas, writes, quote, Equally sincere and devout students of the prophetic scriptures hold differing views on the time of the rapture of the church in relation to the tribulation. This is due in large measure to the fact that no verse of scripture specifically states that relationship. But Revelation 3.10 comes close, close quote. Now, since this is not horseshoes, Dr. Townsend's statement must be taken at face value. Since Revelation 3.10 is not a rapture passage, as Dr. Niemiller has ably demonstrated, we must conclude that Dr. Townsend erred. Can we also say that he erred when he said, quote, no verse of scripture specifically states the relationship between the time of the rapture of the church in relation to the tribulation, close quote. The answer is yes. It's because of Dr. Townsend's presuppositions that he sees no verse defining this relationship. His presuppositions cloud his judgment regarding Matthew 24 and Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 19. 
You see, by redefining the meaning of certain passages in the New Testament and then drawing and then drawing their conclusions, Dr. Townsend and others miss the obvious intent of the text. And this, that is Revelation 3.10, is a classic example of this phenomenon. His whole discussion about Revelation 3.10 must be summarily dismissed because it argues a point that has nothing to do with the specific meaning of Revelation 3.10. It is eisegesis and not exegesis. Eisegesis is reading meaning into the text. Exegesis is reading the meaning out of the text. And this is a clear example where we added something to this text that the author, John, did not intend. A young man writing an article at Dallas Theological Seminary, himself a doctrinal student, his name was Michael J. Svigel, S-V-I-G-E-L, Svigel. He says, quote, the promise of protection in Revelation 3.10 is considered by many commentators to be the best exegetical proof of a pre-tribulational rapture of the church, close quote. The best exegetical proof, the man says. Would you please notice? According to him, there are many commentators who believe that Revelation 3.10 is the best exegetical proof of a pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Now, it's rather interesting that he lists among those commentators who see Revelation 3.10 as the best exegetical proof of a pre-tribulational rapture, some very interesting men. Now, according to these men, this passage is the best exegetical proof. His first client, or the first person that he lists in support of his position, is Dr. Lewis Sperry Schaefer who, as you may know, was the founder of Dallas Theological Seminary and its first president. He wrote an eight-volume set of books on systematic theology, and in the volume four, on page 369, he writes, The determining passage is Revelation 3.10. In Dr. Schaefer's opinion, Revelation 3.10 is the determining passage in support of a pre-tribulational rapture as defined by pre-tribbers. Now, friend, any way you look at it, that is a powerful statement. Yet, as we understand Revelation 3.10, it does not teach a pre-trib rapture. In fact, it is not a rapture passage at all. Therefore, Dr. Schaefer is completely wrong in his conclusion. If we take Dr. Schaefer at his word, we must conclude that there is no passage in the New Testament that explicitly supports a pre-trib rapture, because Dr. Schaefer said, the determining passage. If this passage does not determine a pre-trib rapture, then no passage in the New Testament does. Why? Because Dr. Townsend told us that no verse of Scripture specifically states that relationship. He said Revelation 3.10 came close, but there were no others. And therefore, if Revelation 3.10 does not come close at all, then there must be no passage that supports explicitly a pre-trib rapture. 
Now, friend, that is rather sobering. That you you got to consider the implications of what these men have said in light of the correct view and understanding of Revelation 3.10. Dr. Paul D. Feinberg, the second uh, outstanding scholar listed as a supporter of this view, in the book Three Views on the Rapture Pre-Mid or Post-Tribulational, he wrote the case for the pre-tribulational rapture position. He himself echoes, or in fact, he quotes, Townsend and Gundry directly that Revelation 3.10 is the best text to support a pre-trib rapture. The third man that is listed is Charles C. Ryrie, chairman of the Department of Systematic Theology for years at Dallas Theological Seminary. He wrote a book called The Final Countdown, in which he insists that Revelation 3.10 is the seminal text for a pre-trib rapture. The fourth and final person that he lists is Henry C. Thiessen. In his lectures in systematic theology, Thiessen also loudly proclaimed that Revelation 3.10 is a seminal passage, the seminal passage, in support of a pre-trib rapture in the New Testament. Now these are four rather outstanding men. And to say that these men were categorically wrong is a rather bold statement, but it is factually correct. David Winfrey uh, wrote an article in 1982 in Grace Theological Journal entitled The Great Tribulation Kept Out of Arthur. And in that article, he says, quote, if there is a proof text for the pre-tribulational position, it is Revelation 3.10, close quote. Now, Winfrey actually says, if there is a proof text. Now, a proof text, according to the freedictionary.com, is a passage of scripture used to prove a doctrine. Thus, David Winfrey is saying that Revelation 3.10 is a proof passage for a pre-trip rapture. Now, to be fair, he did say, if there is. Well, we now know that Revelation 3.10 is not a rapture passage. Therefore, we are left to conclude nothing but this. There is no proof text for the pre-tribulational position. Not one what so ever. In that same article, David G. Winfrey writes, Although several of the texts used to support the pre-tribulational view have been abandoned by pre-tribulationalists, Revelation 3.10 has remained the primary defense of the position. You see, the reason pre-tribbers keep losing passages that, they, passages that they thought supported their position is because good exegesis is finally being exercised on the biblical text, and each time it happens, the verse proves to be a contradiction to a pre-tribulational rapture position. Revelation 3.10 has remain the primary defense of the position, writes Winfrey. Sadly, with Dr. Niemiller, Revelation 3.10 has been taken completely away from their camp. They no longer have this verse. Now, logically, you have to conclude that if someone says Revelation 3.10 is the primary defense of the position, 
And then it is proven that Revelation 3.10, in fact, does not support the position, then the position no longer has a primary defense. Isn't that logical? Here you are believing in a pre-trip position and it has no primary defense. Now that should cause you to pause and ponder just how strong or just how biblical is this pre-trib rapture position. Gerald B. Stanton, in his book, Kept from the Hour, quotes Revelation 3.10 and then states, quote, Here then is a promise which clearly indicates the pre-tribulational rapture of the church, close quote. Did you hear what he said? He said Revelation 3.10 clearly indicates the pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Well, just how clear is it? It's so clear that Dr. Niemiller concludes that Revelation 3.10 is not a rapture verse at all. Clearly, Stanton is either confused or just plain wrong. Dr. Tim LaHaye, in a commentary on the book of Revelation, states, quote, This promise, however, is to the Church of Philadelphia. She will be raptured before that tribulation begins. It seems difficult to understand why some false teachers suggest that the church must go through the tribulation in view of this clear-cut statement of our Lord, close quote. Now, Dr. LaHaye states that Revelation 3.10 is a clear-cut statement. He is so certain of his opinion that he labels those who do not agree with him false teachers. False teachers! According to Dr. Niemiller, a post-tribber himself, exegetically, Revelation 3.10 is not a rapture passage at all. Therefore, we can only conclude that Dr. LaHaye is the false teacher. He said the text is clear-cut. If it's so clear that it is not a rapture passage at all, then we're left with no other conclusion but to deem the man a false teacher. His words. Kenneth H. Essex, assistant professor of Bible exposition at Master's Seminary in California, in 2002, he published an article entitled The Rapture and the Book of Revelation. He argues in his article that there are 10 passages in the book of Revelation which are proposed references to the rapture. He writes, quote, An evaluation of these, then, leads to Revelation 3, 10 through 11 as the only passage in Revelation to speak of the rapture. Close quote. He states, quote, The evaluations will lead to the conclusion that the rapture is implied in Revelation 3, 10 through 11. Close quote. Now, the critical question is this. What aspects of Revelation 3.10 imply a rapture? He, like so many others, assumed that Revelation that the hour of testing in Revelation 3.10 is equal to the Great Tribulation, and thus he draws the assumption. This is an assumption which has yet to be proven. It's one of those cases of someone saying something so often until people assume it's true 
yet it has never been demonstrated to be true. Essex and others can conclude that no verse in Revelation speaks of the rapture, and the reason they can do so is because they first interpret every passage in such a way that it cannot be a rapture passage in their eschatological system. They then conclude that there are no rapture passages in the Revelation. This is pure secular reasoning. This is pure circular reasoning, rather. Since Dr. Niemiller has exegetically demonstrated that Revelation 3.10 is not a rapture passage, we must conclude that according to pre-tribbers, there are no rapture passages in the book of Revelation at all, because Revelation 3.10 is not a rapture passage. Now, this is very convenient for pre-tribbers. Now, what is the most important implication of all this? Well, it is this. Pre-tribbers have lost their key text as a, as a support for their position. Revelation 3.10 was their ace in the hole, pardon the illustration. The one verse they could depend on to close the deal, and it is lost to their cause. The pre-trib position is clearly limping. It has been clearly, unequivocally, unambiguously wounded. And this is a big deal. Now, I hope my attitude or my voice is not turning you away because it sounds so dogmatic and so overly uh, aggressive. My real hope here is to help you see that the one verse that was said to be the determining verse, the exegetical proof, the clear-cut statement, these dogmatic and profoundly convincing statements have proven to be false. And that leaves you and others who would take this position it, it doesn't leave you on too solid a ground. Now, my friend, I, I need to ask you, are you sure you're willing to die for this position? A position that does not have a primary defense, that does not have a clear, unambiguous verse for its support? Are you sure that you're willing to stand in the face of tomorrow, with that hope? These men, I don't believe that they had malice in their hearts. I don't believe that they set out to deceive anyone. I believe that they were sincere. It is just that they were sincerely wrong. And the result of it is that there are many, many, many people who are believing that this position is so solidly founded upon the word of God only to find out that verse after verse after verse that they originally used to support their position, that those verses have fallen away and that the last linchpin of support for their position Revelation 3.10 has proven to be a false hope after all. Ladies and gentlemen, this, this is critical. This is important. This, this is 
critical for us to understand just how important this whole matter is. Revelation 3.10 was considered the most critical verse in support of a pre-trip position, and that verse is now lost to that cause. That should give everyone pause. It should certainly give those who hold to a pre-tribulation position pause, but it should also cause us to be careful as well that even though we are dedicated to helping people understand the truth, that we're not doing it at the expense of the biblical text. God's word is the ultimate authority. I hope we stand under it. Thank you.